0: Today we want to have a meditation on the last hours of Jesus' life from both the Old and the New Testament. And um, as our verse uh, that was on the screen, speaking of Jesus as the author and finisher of our faith, from Hebrews 12:2, in the uh, Greek Transliteration Bible. Uh, comes through perhaps even more powerfully. It says, Fixing our gaze on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of the faith, who because of the joy being set before him, he endured the cross. And another text uh, in Philippians 1 6, again talking about the work of Christ on our behalf that he did then and that he's doing now. Paul speaking, having become confident of this very thing, that the one having begun in you a good work will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'd like to first look at the cost of our salvation as is recorded in the prophetic messianic prophecy in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, particularly verses 4 through 7. It's amazing how many specific prophecies were given, detailed prophecies about the life and mission of Christ here on earth. And um, I read recently someone's mathematical computation of the of probability of all of these things being fulfilled exactly as they were fulfilled. And, of course, the answer is it's impossible that this was divine revelation. And not too surprisingly, um, because God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit knew what was coming, and they knew it in great detail. Beginning with verse 4 in Isaiah 53, surely... He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before his shearers are silent. So he opened not his mouth. Some of the other manuscripts uh, that were available... Uh, from from the Old Testament. Um, they indicate the literal words or literal meanings that were translated, which gives us a little deeper understanding. And it um, says, Surely he has borne our sicknesses, he's carried our pains, and we reckoned him, stricken or struck down. And then in verse 5, where it says he was wounded for our transgressions, literally pierced through, which was filled exactly on the cross uh, when he was pierced after he had already died. Um, And then it says where he was bruised for our iniquities, uh, he was crushed. And then in verse 6, where the Lord has laid on him or caused to land on him, laid on him, Uh, the iniquity of his soul. He became the burden bearer who would provide a way of salvation for the entire world. The fact from Scripture, we know that most of the people in the world will reject salvation. They will reject this incredible provision that was made for everyone, not because they couldn't have received the gospel, but because... They did not choose to receive it. And certainly, as we look at those last hours of Christ, as he was being crushed by the burden of the sin of the world, of the iniquity of the world, we realize that Christ was going through the experience of the second death. in our place because he's the only one who could come back from that those who reject salvation will go through their own second death from which there is no return but he went through that experience of separation of loss of the horror of loneliness uh, which is the second death experience but yet, he did it for us. He did it for you and me. Continuing uh, in verse 10 in that same chapter, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. But when you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand, and he shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. And this correlates with the verse we read at the beginning, Hebrews twelve two. He says, "Because of the joy who was set who was set before Christ by faith before the cross, his ear caught the shout of the redeemed in heaven." standing on the sea of glass. And it was that trust, that faith, and even Mary Magdalene's gift of love, which helped him to endure. Because he looked beyond the sorrow, he looked beyond the cross, and by faith saw those who would receive salvation rejoicing with him, throughout all eternity. And then in the New Testament, uh, in John 17, uh, this is the last prayer that Jesus prayed, a um, formal prayer, you might say, uh, before, the, uh, before the crucifixion. Um, praying for himself and also praying for disciples and, by extension, for anyone who would believe through their word Um, followers and believers of all times. Beginning, at the beginning of the chapter in John 17, And Jesus spoke these words and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may also glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And in verse 3, which is, One of the most important promises in the Bible. And this is eternal life. They may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And John the Apostle, who was there at the cross, would later write, He that has the Son has life. And he that has not the Son has not life. Jesus continues says, I glorified you on earth. I finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I've had before the world. Now, the transfiguration had already taken place when Peter, James, and John got to see something of his eternal glory. And we could ask the question, what what glory are we talking about? It would certainly be the glory of his love, the glory of his marvelous salvation. Um, the glory of his character of love and the provision that was making for all the world Um, and tragic and terrible as the sacrifice was yet it was a demonstration of God's glorious love for us Christ continuing says I've manifested your name to the men who have you given me out of the world they were yours you gave them to me and they have kept your word what a beautiful statement. Um, Jesus knew that Peter, you know, not long after, would deny him three times. Uh, but yet, with the exception, of course, of Judas, he said they've, they've kept your word. And even when they stumbled and fell, they got back up, facing the kingdom. He says, I pray for them, but I do not pray for the world, but I pray for those who you have given me. Now I'm no longer in the world. So Christ was already by faith seeing beyond the cross and the ascension and and even the second coming. While I was with him in the world, I kept them in your name. Those you gave me I have kept. None of them is lost except the Son of Perdition. The scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you. These things I speak in the world, that they may be my joy, have my joy fulfilled in them. I have given them your word and the world hated them because they're not of the world. He not. I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world but that you should keep them from the evil one. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. But I do not pray for these alone, but for also those who believe in me through their word. You remember when the disciple Thomas refused to believe that Jesus had been resurrected, because he hadn't, hadn't seen Jesus yet. And I guess he was, thought the others were seeing visions. Um, and he told his other disciples he said I will not believe until I put my hand in his side in his wound and then Jesus shows up and speaks directly to Thomas and tells Thomas you have believed because you have seen me blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believed because of the word that would be transmitted through the Holy Scriptures, through the apostles, through the Holy Scriptures to our day today. And that uh, statement, promise of Christ, uh, has been given to us all. And finally in verse 24, it says, I desire that they also whom you gave me be with me where I am. So they may <laughs> behold my glory. Um, for you love me For before the foundation of the world, O righteous Father. The world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you love me may be in them, and I in them. Probably the disciples didn't fully understand or appreciate this prayer until Pentecost, uh, until after the resurrection, and certainly by the time of Pentecost, when the the special gift of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit took place, and he began to illuminate everything that Christ had already taught them and told them. Uh, because until the crucifixion, the disciples did not understand his mission. They did not understand. They trusted him, they believed in him, but they didn't understand the mission. They thought he was going to be the kingdom of glory, he was going to set up and you know, become the king of Israel at that point. And up until the last moment when he died on the cross. They were expecting him to still somehow, you know, declare himself king. But Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And as they had gone through this experience, and then seeing the risen Lord, it all began to come together. And you remember then the angel there at the tomb said, reminded the disciples that came to look for the body of Jesus, He said just as he told you that he would die and then be resurrected on the third day and would go to meet you. But the good news is in Christ's mercy and love that even for the one who had denied him, Peter, that was the first name of the apostle that Jesus mentioned and go tell Peter as well. Tremendous love. That Christ, even in his last hours, was uh, exhibiting and showing and declaring to his disciples, and facing the crucifixion, facing this agony of the second death experience. Yet his focus was on his disciples, on his those who would believe his in his mind's eye he saw in heaven everyone who would by accepting Jesus Christ who would choose to be there who would accept his salvation and he saw by faith those who would believe. I'm thankful that Christ said for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross he went through it he didn't have to he could have left his world to perish, but he chose voluntarily to rescue us. And all we can say is praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Again, Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of this time of remembrance of your great sacrifice for us. As we pray in the precious name of Jesus, Amen.